0: Feel Good Hemp is the first and only brand to offer high-quality CBD oil products alongside a free platform that offers proven self-help and self-healing techniques, all to help you feel good naturally. Feel Good Hemp was started by Noah and his wife, Danielle, after they used hemp oil and other techniques to save Noah's father from a terminal cancer diagnosis. Now, I heard this story firsthand when I interviewed Noah. It's a real good one, and it's probably the most heartfelt and compelling story I've ever heard about why someone started a CBD company. So Feel Good Hemp is more than just a great place to buy CBD products. It's actually a community of like-minded souls committed to feeling good and doing good. So use coupon code GENIUS33 at checkout to save a third or 33% site-wide on your first purchase. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform.
2: uh, he's the founder and CEO of what's called TLC Lions, as in Tender Loving Care Lions. Uh, the website is Uh Gian used to work for uh, Deutsche Bank and Cooper as an employee. Uh, he unfortunately had a personal tragedy in 2015, which we'll get into, and uh, he left the corporate world and started his own gig. So, Gian, thank you for coming.
3: Hello. Thank you for having me, Richard. Appreciate it.
2: If you would, tell me a bit about your background and, and how did you uh, end up where you're at today?
3: Yeah, sure. So my background, I suppose, is actually I set up my first business when I was 13. Um, ran that till I was 15, kind of in the north of England, very remote area. Um, it wasn't too exciting. It was in DVD manufacturing, which was quite revolutionary then. It's really not anymore. And then after that, I my journey really went that I went into education. It was kind of a good son. Mum and dad wanted me to do that. Uh, started my role, as you said, in the corporate world at Deutsche Bank, and then I moved to pwC in the London office, more so because I always thought I, I loved running businesses, but I wanted to know how do they fail, how do you turn them around so I joined their restructuring team, uh, trained as an accountant. but I guess when I joined there, you know if somebody mentioned the things that i 'm sure we'll touch on today around like well being and empathy and and really important skills. they were things that I just so neglected when I joined the corporate world and you know, as you briefly mentioned in my bio, it was in, in May of 2015 that my whole life just completely shattered to take me in the direction of where I am today. In very short, my life was great in 2015. Everything was falling into place and then in the May, 8th of May, my dad went on a business trip overseas. Well, on that trip, um, I didn't hear from him actually for a few days and my dad was declared missing internationally. After a month of trying to find him, which was just awful on the news and the media, I found out the awful, awful news that my my dad had been murdered on, on the trip. And honestly, when I, that day, my life just completely changed. And I took three months out from work to lead that murder investigation, and it still goes on today. When I came back to work that day, after three months, something else happened that just completely threw me off. And And that was really sad. A colleague of mine, who was struggling and clearly nobody knew. Um, He jumped from my building and ended his life. And I just thought, my gosh, like we can't let people keep struggling in silence. You know, we've got to humanize the working world. We've got to do something to get these stories from the inside out and show that vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness. And so, yeah, I I left to launch TLC Lions. Lion is mine and my father's middle name. And yeah, I'll kind of pause that for now. When you
2: mentioned in the beginning that you didn't have any of these, I guess, interpersonal skills or self skills, you know, to help you with your own mindset. I mean, I would guess the corporate world doesn't really value that, doesn't mention it, that it's not part of the job at all. So it's no wonder that, you know, that wasn't uh, well established within you or curated within you or worked on within you. It was probably just a bunch of, you know, young people men and women that just wanted to earn money and and be in the business world and, you know, feelings and I guess mental management and those kinds of things really had had no part in it, would be my guess, the world you're in.
3: Yeah, I mean, exactly. To some extent, that's kind of what success was shown as, to be successful in my role, be competitive and and things like that. Whereas now, you know, kind of like many years on since I joined the firm and my work today and the science and the research has shown quite the opposite. And it is actually these notoriously known as softer skills—I call them power skills—that are actually so so critical, and for me, it should be a business imperative. And actually, it's those skills—the empathy, the understanding, the EQ—that actually build the best leaders. And you know, the science has better back it up. But you're right; it just was not put out there. But that's what we've got to change, and that's kind of what we're trying to do.
2: Okay. Hey, what, so, what's the premise of TLC Lions when you started it? What, what was the goal of it, and is the goal the same thing today?
3: Yeah, so our mission is really clear, and that's to humanise the working world. That's why I left PwC, you know, following my own tragedy and the loss of my colleague, and that's still our mission today. So we do that, however, through storytelling. And so what we do today is we work with multinational organisations, so anywhere from kind of Morgan Stanley to AXA to... VMware and Dell they really range, and understanding you know what kind of culture are you trying to build within your organization, especially when we look at things like diversity and inclusion, mental health, and then what we do is we bring in our storytellers, so we have forty five of them around the world known as our lions, and that is one way that they then share their stories to ignite emotion um, because it 's not until you know companies can talk about an inclusion policy whether that's gender equality or lgbt plus but until you hear somebody's story it really then evokes empathy to make you think you know what next time somebody joins my team from a different background to me a different walk of life i'm not going to judge them i'm going to embrace it and understand them and so today we do that through our lion stories we help them with internal storytelling we've created bespoke e-learning platforms and now hit over a million employees in a work that we did just last year actually in 2021 and so our mission is still true. And we do that through storytelling.
2: Well, so what's an example of how this would manifest in a company? It's it's just kind of unclear to me on how this helps and how it works.
3: Well, hopefully we'll get some clarity. An example is Novartis, the pharmaceutical company we work with in Switzerland. They want to create a culture that is open about mental health. So one can talk about one's mental health um, whenever you want to. So what we do is we brought our Lions in who share their stories around mental health. That could be suicide prevention. It could be about living with a loved one or a child with mental health issues. And we'll spark the conversation. We'll get people to speak up. Now, we did that for Novartis for it was around it was one hundred and eight thousand employees in one hundred and twenty countries. That's that was the goal. And obviously you want to measure success. So what does success look like from all of this? So. We sat with Novartis and actually every time we intervened through a session that we did, we measured the uptake and the benefits. So the Employee Assistance Program, people speaking up about their mental health, getting the right support. So we could directly metric storytelling, evoke people speaking up and had a direct impact on getting their support. So that's one of, I think, 300 organizations we've worked with. So happy to share more.
2: So what does it look like when you come into a company? Do you do like a all hands on deck meeting? and I don't know, select people outside the company and tell you stories and then you give guidance on how, what people can do that within the company? Like, how does it work?
3: Yeah, so we will speak directly to the chief people officer or chief HR officer um, of these multinational organizations. And step one is to say, look, define your culture. Is it an open culture? Is it where vulnerabilities are hidden? Do leaders speak up about their mental health? Or have you actually got an issue with diversity and inclusion? Are you losing talent? Can you not retain talent or attract them? Then we'll understand where do they want to get to. And then what we do, once we understand that, we know how to intervene. So we know the right line, stories. We know the right training, coaching, and what to provide to help them get there. And so that's exactly what we do. So a lot of our clients we work with, you know, minimum of one year. Many of them have gone on for a few years. And again, the cultures differ massively. We work with Rothschild here in the Investment Bank in New York City, through to Warner Media, Universal Music. And the type of culture they're trying to create is so, so different. And we help them try and get there.
2: Well, what are some of the problems you see in some of these companies? What's what's an example of a situation before uh, TLC Alliance came and then after?
3: So a classic one is leaders leading with empathy and a human-first approach. We'll go in and, you know, the traditional way of leading an organization, an old, way of command and control is what they thought was success whereas these leaders now whether they are you know in their 40s 50s they are leading the organization and they're realizing that they're losing talent employees are joining and they don't want to work for an organization that doesn't look after their mental health or doesn't inspire them because you know it's now five generations in a workforce people want purpose over paycheck so talent will leave you so what we try to then do is work with the leaders to say well actually everybody's got a story You can just take a bit more time to show the human approach behind your life. Why do you work at this company? What is it on a personal level that drives you every day? Doing things like that can inspire their employees to actually think that person's got a heart and they care about me. So throughout all of our sessions, we always open with senior leaders opening up. So if we do a session for International Men's Day, for example, we had the CFO of AXA Insurance kind of sharing his relationship with his father who died. It's only then that employees think, wow, this guy's got a heart. And so that's just one example of then over time, you can see leaders are opening up. People are actually wanting to work for an organization where people, leaders care. If they don't, well, people are losing talent. And I'm sure you see this now with the Great Resignation. And I'm here in New York City at the moment meeting with clients because they are hurting and never mind attracting, just retaining their top talent.
2: Yeah. what What are your insights into the Great Resignation? I think it's really interesting. I don't think it's just one avatar person. It seems like three different, three or four different reasons, but what have you seen?
3: Yeah, I mean, what's interesting for us is we see it across so many industries because we're so sector agnostic. And I think one thing that we're definitely seeing is especially when we look at it kind of in the West, throughout COVID, people have had more time to think. They've had more time to reflect, to reflect on the way they've been treated. And it's, I know, especially across my own friendship group, people have really questioned their own purpose. Like, is this what I really want to be doing is one thing. So people seem to be switching. Another thing I've seen and reasons behind and speaking to employees is people are kind of just sick of thinking, actually, I'm not going to be treated like this anymore. I feel burnt out. I feel tired. And putting on one yoga session every six months is not looking after employees mental health. And people are just saying, I'm going elsewhere. Now, what we're now seeing is companies waking up, I hope, it's going to take time to saying actually we need to create a culture that's genuine that's authentic and leaders are waking up the reason is because they're seeing their talent go to competitors banks are seeing talent going to challenger banks law firms especially the biggest law firms are losing out to smaller and they're realizing they've got to step up so i think in terms of the great resignation on one side for employees I'm seeing that they've had enough and they're willing to walk out and they want purpose again over that paycheck. And for employers, I'm seeing them finally wake up to think, my gosh, if we want to keep our talent, it's more than just financial reward. How do we create a culture, a culture that's absolutely critical? We know that culture is king and we eat strategy for breakfast, as they say.
1: Who
2: are the people in or an organization that you see are most resistant to this and which ones seem to glom onto it right away and say, oh, this is, this is very helpful.
3: Interesting one. I, I mean, now and again we get people who are resistant, and I always find that so interesting. You say because it's a challenge. Of why do you find why do you find it's kind of in this way? Now, I think the main reason I've seen that is in the traditional industries, so investment banking has been one, uh, wealth management, where they say, "Well, actually, surely it's shown as a weakness to show vulnerability. We don't want our clients to see us like this." Now, I remember the first time I heard that, and I thought, "Wow." And I flipped it. I said, well, actually, a competitor of yours back in London, they've seen this as a strength. Because actually investing in these softer skills, empathy, understanding for employees, it actually allows them to understand their clients a lot more, their investment decisions. allows them to connect with clients on a human level. And so that completely flipped them one eight three sixty to think, wow, actually, this has got a client angle in understanding our client stories. So we see resistance there. And there's a, you know, there's, those who I like to challenge. Now, now and again, we'll get people who really just don't understand us. And to be honest, very rarely, but as much as you try, I have to think, is this an organization we really want to work with? We can only do so much from the outside. And so there are a handful of companies we've decided not to work with over the years. If it's just going to be a tick box exercise, we're not going to get involved. Now on the flip side, as you said, who's really engaged in this? It's leaders who leaders who are really connected to the wider world and their understanding of people. I think the CEO, Simon Levine of DLA Piper, the law firm, absolutely incredible leader. The same with the CEO in Europe of Vanguard, Sean Haggerty. These CEOs have engaged with us and I could tell that they care about their people. And so straight up, they're like, we get it. We invest in our people. We want to create the right culture because we know that's what stands us out from our competition. Honestly, those leaders, are just phenomenal and they're inspiring and the ones that I would ever like to work with and work for.
0: Supplementing with hemp CBD products is one of the best things you can do for your overall wellness or to improve conditions like chronic pain, sleep issues, anxiety or depression or other conditions related to inflammation. Feel Good Hemp offers high quality CBD oil products alongside a free platform of proven self-help and self-healing techniques, all to help you feel good naturally. They're offering our listeners a very generous 33% off their first purchase use the coupon code genius 33 at checkout and you'll save 33% visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform.
2: Are you able to give any, um, I don't know, are there any stories that jump out at you within a company of, of, you know, you mentioned like vulnerability is a strength, but, uh, have you been shared any personal stories from people after you've helped them on, you know, something they did or said with a customer or someone else at work? And It changed the dynamic and they were like, Wow, yeah, this stuff
3: really works. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I've heard thousands of personal stories and I've got like honestly hundreds in my inbox, and once a month I sit down to read as many as I can, and I find them just so incredibly inspiring because I think from every experience, good or bad, there's always such rich learnings. And to give you an example of the impact. I was once on stage with one of our lions back in the UK, and we're talking about courage. And this lady had been in a train accident and she learned, she said, I've learned to just be myself. Somebody stands up in the audience and said, look, I've got a story and he came out as gay. He counted to three and did it in front of everyone. And I never forget that moment. And I thought if we can trigger somebody to feel so comfortable to come out and be who they are in front of our 300 colleagues, it was so, so powerful. The same happened, I remember, at PwC. It was a senior leader who started, he's always looked fantastic, super slick, never a hair out of place. Uh, We were speaking about socioeconomic background. And it was one of our lions from Texas who was sharing his struggles kind of growing up. And suddenly all these leaders were talking about growing up in social housing and having a single mother. And the whole audience was thinking, wow, I've worked here 5, 10, 15 years and I never knew that. And so by us sharing, we see them sharing. And honestly, I'd have you here all day that I've heard.
2: I, I just okay, was, please. again, looking for a uh, you know a particular anecdote or a story that you've heard that really, mm. you know, I guess I, I could ask it again if it's right. But it, is there a particular story or anecdote that jumps out at you that made you see, think like, wow, this is really working. Mm. You know, I, I this is really cool what I've built and I'm I'm so excited that it's working. Like, is that what's that story to you?
3: Yeah, the, I mean, the one story that stands out, I remember doing a session for Linklater as a law firm, and we had a lion called Kevin Hines. Uh, you might know of Kevin. He's an amazing guy. He lives in, in Atlanta in Georgia. And at the age of 19, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, Kevin struggled so much that so much so that he found himself on the edge of the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, And Kevin jumped. He survived that fall. And he's one of only 34 alive today. And the only one who's fully mobile to share his story. Now, I think it was last year, Kevin was doing a session with one of our clients. And I happened to join it. And I remember reading a comment. I still have it saved somewhere. And this lady just put, you know what? Two weeks ago, I wasn't sure I wanted to be here anymore. And I saw that the session was coming. Kevin, your last hour, you've reminded me of why I'm on this earth. why i'm going to stay here and be here tomorrow and i remember just reading that comment and thinking wow that's exactly why we do what we do to humanize the working world to give these people give the silent people a voice and make sure the unheard become heard that's never going to leave me
2: yeah that's really really cool any situations that uh you know were a lot more challenging than you thought or you know you had an idea for your program and then let's say you started going in there to different corporations and what they wanted or needed was different and you had to pivot any story like about that or did you get it right on the first shot somehow?
3: Yeah I think we do find this a lot especially with global organizations when you're working in a lot of countries I think that's where it's come up the most where we might have sat with them to understand their company culture and then you'll roll something out and then you have to revisit it and say well actually no we need to tailor that further because if you're an American organization headquartered in New York City you You can't just roll out the same thing for your Asian office. It just doesn't work. And so at the moment, we're rolling out an e-learning around mental health with a global company out of Boston. And this is going to 140,000 employees. It's mandatory. And we've had to keep revisiting and revisiting on the journey together to say, well, actually, it's in 26 languages. We can't say that word in Australia, but we can't say that over there in Pakistan. And so I think that's where we've had to keep revisiting along the journey. But also when you've got the pandemic, you know, day by day for some companies in 2020, you know, restructures were going on, they were leaving, staff were being let go. We worked with Hire, we worked with Marriott, Intercontinental Hotels. You know, you saw half the workforce be let go. And so when you talk about pivot, we have to come back in and say, we've got to change the direction. People are really hurting. And so at times it's gone from, if we're working around a mental health focused culture, sometimes from being really proactive to actually let's just, let's just really support people. They're hurting right now. So absolutely in all of our client relationships, we're very close and we're constantly pausing, reflecting feedback and, and pivoting. So I think it's critical. I think if we didn't pivot, then something wouldn't be right, especially over a, a two year period.
2: So what's going to be the future of TLC Lions? What's next? It you, you, sounds like you've worked in a bunch of industries. I don't know if you've gotten to the highest levels, but with your drive and your story, you probably have, you know, which is great, but what what's next?
3: Yeah. So what's next for TLC Lions is that our team is growing quite significantly. So we are constantly working on uh, new products and services for our clients, but really I spend my time in understanding the future of work. You know, what will the future work look like towards 2030? What will our clients need in a world where we've got automation, robotics, things like that? What does that mean for the future work? For me, I believe that these so-called softer skills are going to become ever important. And so for us, it's working with our clients, understanding their kind of next five to 10 years and making sure we're going to stay relevant. Um, So lots of things have been happening. Our focus now is firmly in London and New York City. So across the UK and the US, Uh, still do a lot elsewhere but kind of they're our main hub. So we're now actively hiring um, at the moment. So the team should grow by another 10 people this year. So looking forward to that. Always a challenge though. Has hiring
2: been a challenge for you or because uh, you allow and you put first people's feelings and emotions and backgrounds and culture and and who they are and you let them be who they are. Do you have no problem with the great resignation while other companies are starving for people?
3: So I think, no, I'll be honest, I think finding talent and retaining talent is really difficult, you know, making sure that as we grow, and we're growing quite rapidly, that our people are still our absolute priority. So I think for us, it's, it is quite difficult to find the right people, we get a lot of applicants, which is great. However, then it's about our cultural fit, we're very clear on our culture. And it's, that we are very high performing, very fast paced, very high energy, but we're also deeply caring. And so it's a very unique place for people to want to join where they want to go at hundred miles an hour. They want the best and will perform at their best, but we also feel very much like a family. And to be honest, to find people to fit that culture, they're out there, some amazing people, but it's finding them because I know many people who are very fast paced, high energy, but that could be at the detriment of their people. And then people who will have a lovely conversation and be there for each other, but also the work's got to get done. So we have an amazing team at the moment. Uh, they are absolutely awesome. Can not do it without them. But it is a challenge. I'll be honest, I've made mistakes hiring in the past, hiring the wrong people. And then it's never fun, but I, I've just got to keep learning as I go.
2: So how does a, a company engage with TLC Lions? Like, where where would they find you? Do they just go to the website? Like, What are some resources for people listening?
3: Yeah, so they can find us at tlclions.com dot or TLC Lions across all social media. Um, that's where best you can find out who we are, what we do, and our products and services. And you can read about our forty five lions stories; those stories that have really sparked change within organisations. So it's all that, and yeah, I hope it's an interesting read online to find out more.
2: Oh, uh, just one or two other questions. Um, I know it's kind of out of order, but. Okay what companies do you see uh this this works in natural, naturally seamlessly and which companies have to rejigger themselves to accommodate this and why is it is it large companies have more of a problem or is it internally siloed companies mm-hmm. that have a problem like what have you noticed
3: it's a really good question i think i think one of the key things i've seen is on industry and i'm making a bit of a generalization here so forgive me but What's interesting is you can look at certain industries who've been ahead of the game. You know, if you look at the, the big four accounting firms, they've been doing this for many years when it comes to culture and inclusion, it's what they do. And you would think sometimes that, okay, well, they're easier to work with. Whereas well, actually, they've been going at it for so long that it feels a bit samey-samey and how are we really changing things here versus we'll work with a manufacturing company or an industrial company. So we work a lot with like Rolls-Royce, for example, And some of this stuff is so new to them. But the beauty of that is we can look at what's worked in other industries. We can say what hasn't worked and implement it from day one. So I think actually it's the flip of what I used to think that some of the companies and industries used to be a bit behind in this stuff. Actually, they've got a real opportunity now to fast track and take the learnings from the others. To be honest, I think where it gets where our biggest challenge is just generally is where there's no clear decision maker or leadership authority for this. And it goes round and around and around, as you said, if it's siloed, different departments. And we try to come in to say, look, can we all work together on this? Who Who is leading on this project? And I think if we don't have that, like clarity of decision-making, hey, like anything, everything gets messy and you go around in circles.
2: Well, very good. Again, so people can go to com. L-I-O-N-S.com. And again, where, where else can they follow you and find out more about your work and see these 45 uh, stories?
3: Yeah, so uh, they can find a lot of my own uh, LinkedIn at Guillain Power. You can find me on there and on YouTube and Instagram. It's a bit more behind the scenes. But on my LinkedIn especially, I share a lot of all of these stories and the people I meet day to day around the world. So I try to share all of the lessons um, on there. And, yeah, and if people like what we do, we love to work with organisations who align with our values. And if they really want to make a change and create a culture that's fit for the future, and to put their people first, that's who we love to work with.
2: Very good. Well, again, sorry about uh, you know the terrible circumstance you suffered, but it's really cool that you've turned it into such a positive thing that helps a lot of people. So good for you for not being beaten by it and for rising above and, and helping. That, that's a wonderful thing. And thank you for being thank on you. the podcast.
3: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: Remember, before you go,
0: supplementing with hemp CBD products is one of the best things you can do for your well-being. Get your CBD from a company that cares and offers you holistic support in your healing or wellness journey. Feel Good Hemp is giving our listeners 33% off their first purchase. You can use coupon code GENIUS33 at checkout to save 33% site-wide. Visit feelgoodhemp.org to shop now and access their free empowerment platform.
1: You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs.